y'all. Good morning. I like your shoes. You're welcome. Um, so before I tell you guys what we've raised so far, um, I just want to say that we have some amazing, amazing students. I'm sure that you all know that. Um, but they, they really have worked hard this year. And um, obviously, this year has been different. Um, we haven't bombarded you guys with fundraisers. That's something um, we really haven't been able to. <laughs> but yeah, not by choice, not by choice. But regardless, um, you know, they really stepped up because we might have COVID here, but Africa also has COVID. So they're still dealing with it, just like we're dealing with it. And they have far more problems than we have, um, like clean water, for example. Pastor JP was talking about that. And like, how many of y'all have a bottle of water beside you or a cup? Pretty much a lot of people. Um, keeps us awake, right? Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but we think nothing of it. We think nothing of going to the fridge, getting some water, going to the store, getting some water. It's not a big deal. It's like, okay, yeah, we need water, obviously. Africa, it is a big deal. Um, we show video after video of them genuinely hiking to go get water every day. Like, it's crazy, y'all. We don't think about this stuff, but the girls, like, they, they can't go to school. Their job is to go get water. It's like a five-hour ordeal, and this is the same water that they're drinking, they're cleaning with, they're bathing with, and it's really limited. I mean, how much do you think a 12-year-old girl can carry on her head? Not that much. Um, so we take it for granted, but it's a real problem, and that's what we're raising money for. That is what you guys and the youth are raising money for um, this year. And it's across the district, is water wells in Africa. And the good thing about that is, I think you'll learn that from the video that we're about to show, but they're actually putting these water wells beside churches. Because just as much water is important, yeah, but so is Jesus. So they're getting both. Um, and I, I think it's amazing. And so your youth, your youth are still seeing that vision regardless of the circumstances that we're dealing with. They're still seeing that this is important, that everybody deserves water. It doesn't matter where you are. So that being said, um, our goal this year is 12,000. That's a lot, right? A little bit, a little bit. Um, our goal this year is 12,000, but so far, this is definitely with your help too. I, I don't want to take that um, for granted. Obviously, the students are still students, and we need you guys, and we appreciate all that you guys have done um, this year to help us reach this goal. But so far, we have raised, ready? Drum roll, I'm going to make y'all do it. Make them do it in youth. 11,396.15. Yes, that is amazing. Um, yes, um, you guys have showed up. The students have showed up. Even though we're not having fundraisers, they still have challenges every single month where they are, you know, pushed to give a little bit more, see what they can do, come out of their comfort zones, get creative, and they're, they're owning up to those challenges. So we're only like 600-something away from our goal, which is Amazing, fantastic, um, 2020 has been crazy, but we're still giving, and I hope that you guys see that. And so, if you wanna help us with this, you know, like I said, we're only 600 something away, we have until December, but um, if you wanna help, you know, give in the offering today, or give it on Tidely when you leave, um, they're in the back, they're not gonna come up because COVID. But um, anyways, before I do this video, I'd like you guys to bow your heads, I'm just gonna pray over the offering. Um, and the service. Lord, we thank you, God, for being in here. We thank you, God, for the amazing, Lord, worship we just had, God, and just being able to encounter you, God, and get close with you, and even hear you, God, in the service. God, we don't take that for granted. We know that it is genuinely an honor, God, that you chose to come in here this morning and speak to us. God, we thank you, Lord, for this mission. Lord, we thank you, God, for the goals that you give us, God, and, and helping us see what's important, helping us see, God, that there are still people out there that do not know you, Lord, there's still people out there that do not know you. 
And I pray, God, that we are, we're all burdened with that. No matter, Lord, if we're called to the mission field, if we're not, Lord, we still have a mission field no matter where we go. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for allowing us to get so close to this goal so far. And I pray, God, that it's not about the goal, Lord. It's about lives. And I pray that everyone in here sees that. Lord, as we watch this video and we just get a more understanding, Lord, I pray that you, you help us, um, you know, just give our hearts over to you this morning. God, and just be ready to listen to what you have, Lord, in this service. We love you, and we thank you, and Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, West Florida. Uh, I'm here in Kenya, East Africa, on an incredible planning trip, and I'm here with my friend David Bongiorno, the Director of Operations of WorldServe International. And I want David to just share a little bit about what WorldServe is doing and how we, through Speed the Light, are fixing a partner with them to help make an incredible impact in the communities and villages all across this beautiful country. David. Yeah, so WorldServe, uh, we're involved in water projects here in Kenya. What that means is uh, we're able to drill for deep uh, waters, clean water sources, and then bring them to the surface and distribute them through solar pumping systems. Um, the neat thing about this is we work with the Kenya Assemblies of God, mm. and we have a partnership with them, like we have a partnership with Speed the Light, where uh, not only are we bringing clean water to people, but we're then able to tell them about the physical or living water of Jesus Christ as well. So the physical needs are met and the spiritual needs are met as well. So it's a really neat opportunity to do that. The Kenya Assemblies of God, they guide us where they have the biggest mm. needs. And we're out in these rural communities where people are walking, especially women and children, uh, over five hours one direction just to get water, not even clean water. So it's a tremendous opportunity, not only to, again, to bring physical need, physical needs, but then also spiritual needs as well. It's been incredible here the last two days going to these villages and seeing uh, just what they have to go through to get water. It blows my mind. We're so spoiled, honestly, in our culture. Uh, and you know what? In, in our culture and generation, I mean, for us, minor inconveniences really frustrate us. But I couldn't imagine. Uh, they say an average uh, woman has to get up around 5 a.m. and she'll do about a four and a half hour, five hour trek one way to get the water. And then it's going to carry typically 40 plus pounds of water. Uh, on her back or on her head all the way back. So well over 10 hours of her day on that one day just to get some water for her family. We're gonna make an incredible investment through Speed the Light to help partner with WorldServe so that they can get more water wells all across this beautiful country. As you see on this video, the images that are gonna be coming before you, this is an incredible project. I'm thrilled to partner with it and I'm gonna be asking you to offer, uh, to make some generous sacrifices on your part because we wanna know that we're doing what we can to partner with WorldServe, the Kenya Assemblies of God, and let's get the gospel uh, as uh, water as the new vehicle for the gospel, if you will, into this beautiful country and serve these people. Water is life. Having clean drinking water is something that most of us in the United States take for granted. At the turn of a faucet, you can rinse your dishes, take a shower, and make a refreshing glass of iced tea. But imagine life without clean water where you have to travel hours on foot in the hot sun just to find a muddy trench filled with stagnant rainwater. Insects have laid their eggs in it. Your livestock drink from it. It is diseased with animal feces and urine, but it's the best you got to bring home to your children and family. Water determines quality of life. Water is essential. Water is life. And water is the vehicle which the gospel is being spread in Africa. Over the next few years, Speed the Light has made the commitment to spread the gospel through unconventional means. We are bringing 
physical water along with the living water of Jesus Christ to completely transform these desperate villages in Africa. Your Speed the Light money will make it possible for WorldServe to strategically dig wells just like this one next to churches. These churches then become powerful oasis centers in which water provides sanitation, restores dignity, and changes lives for all eternity. Will you help? Speed the Light is calling you, along with thousands of students across America, to end the water crisis in Africa once and for all, bringing the gospel to the most remote places so that every person may find life in Jesus Christ. Thank you very much for letting us you know, speak, in, speak to you today about, about giving. As you can tell, we are passionate about it. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but if you're, I can, I can say honestly after, hurry <clears throat> buckle, um, that blew through here a couple years ago, we uh, understand the value of clean water. Not, not everybody will understand that, but I, I can tell you, we, were, we laughed when we were like, after we were giving out all the donations, there were still like pallets of water. We're like, man, like at the beginning, like everybody's like, where's water? And, it, and then people that normally don't even drink water are going, I need water. And you're going, why? You don't drink it on a daily basis. What, beer's not enough for you apparently anymore. And I, I, I laugh. I had, I had some of the vendors at work that all they were stopping. Oh, yeah, we're ready for hurricane. We got beer stacked up mile high. We're good to go. And I was like, after about two weeks of going, you have any water? Oh, what? You're dehydrated now? Imagine that. And <laughs> apparently water's good for you. Imagine, you know, maybe you'll drink it more often now. And uh, so anyway, it was, it was a joke. We actually, in, in America, we understand that, especially in the southeast, we definitely understand the value of clean drinking water around here. And uh, I hope you see the value of that. If you didn't quite understand that, it took me a couple times of watching the videos to understand exactly what that was. It was a big water tank. It's on a solar panel on top, and it's constantly pumping water slowly out of the ground and storing it in that tank. And then it flows out to the faucets you saw the kids digging the water out of, and it has a big trough for the, for the animals to also get clean drinking water. Because... We know that animals can also carry diseases, and the animals get the clean water. They are able to see it, and unfortunately, you did not see some of the video. That video some of the videos show the kids actually dipping the water right next to the animals, and it's absolutely crazy to even watch. And I said that some of the videos when showing in in children's church and in youth, you see the kids that are walking with that four. I don't know if you have carried a four-gallon bucket of water lately, um, or a five-gallon bucket of water. You normally don't fill up all the way because it splashes out, obviously. Um, but they were actually lowering it down in a well. After walking five hours, they're lowering it down into a, into a well, pulling it back out, and then carrying that five-gallon bucket back to their homes to use for everything. That's for washing. That's for drinking. That's for cooking. That's for everything. And how about you guys? How often? How much water you use in a day? Um, but we use a lot of water in our house, and that's going to take a lot. And as you can, I, I can tell you, one of the videos again I watched last night was a, by another organization called Wells Four, and they showed them installing a hand-driven well, and everybody was just waiting expectantly. You see this entire town just gathering around it, and the guy just started pumping. And all of a sudden, you see these kids' faces just lit up. And they were all underneath it. They were all just taking turns pumping water. Like, they were all pumping up an air mattress to go camping. They were all sitting there just pumping water and just seeing these kids' faces. They were splashing clear water on their face. And just the joy you got to see in them. And then you get to see them walk over nice and clean to church. And ready to learn and ready to grow. And it was just amazing to be able to see lives changed through fresh, clean water and through the gospel. So, the transition now, again, I'll say that again, say it again. The ushers are in the back, they're ready to take up your morning tithes and offerings as you leave. If you'd like to donate 
by that in that way as well you can just mark speed of light on the envelopes mr danny and billy and tristan were wonderful enough to put speed of light envelopes in the back of the pews so you can grab one of those if not i think there's more back in the back or you can give online through tithely and give that way as well and we're very excited about closing the year early this year and hitting our goal especially with everything that we've gone through as a country as a, as a globe so to follow my wonderful leaders example I want, I'm going to tell a couple jokes to kick off the service today. <laughs> so, as I, as I get ready to tell this, I do want you to know I have changed the names to protect the innocent and the guilty. And, yes, yes. Uh, so, the first one. At a weekly Bible study, the leader asked a gentleman named Glenn to open the meeting with prayer. And Glenn, in a soft, respectful voice, as his usual self, started speaking and, and, and praying. Another man in the room, who named, well, Tony, straining to hear, shouted, I can't hear you! And Glenn replied, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> one more. This is, the ladies will appreciate this one. What, a, what kind of a man was Boaz called before he married Ruth? He was ruthless. Yes, he was a ruthless man. Yes. So if you will, let's bow our heads. Let's pray over this message today. God, I thank you for the opportunity and God the privilege to step behind this platform, God, and to speak on your behalf. God, I pray you use me this day. Speak through me and let your Holy Spirit empower me to share your word, God, and the calling you place upon my life and the calling I believe you place on your people, as your word says. God, I pray your message will be heard this day. Let it fall in fertile soil, God, that it may grow. That we may see the lost one for your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So, thank you again for letting us take over today. It's a, it is a privilege to get to speak. I don't do this very often. I told Pastor Tony, I don't like speaking. I, I don't feel that God ever called me to preach. I am perfectly comfortable standing back there as my wonderful wife is today running a camera or behind the sound booth. And you'll hear a little bit more about that today, but... I am totally comfortable not being on this platform. I've always been the person since nine years old that would hand the person that was going to be behind, behind this platform the microphone, help them get wired up where their head could move and the wire wouldn't fall off and everything stayed in place and they were able to speak and the gospel could be heard. But today, I get the privilege of doing that and God's going to empower me to do it. And I guess after 10 years of being a youth pastor, youth pastor I should be able to do this pretty easily. So, today as you see on the screen... The message is going to be on the call of God. Jesus wants you. We're going to start off in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So if you have your Bible with you today, I hope you do. So you can check behind me and make sure what I'm speaking is from God's word and is true. Because when we know it's from God's word, it carries much more meaning than it does when man speaks it. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace and peace to you from our God, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. So first of all, I want you to note that this letter was not written to the Corinthians, as the book of Corinthians implies. This letter, in this, in this part of the particular one, was written to the church of God in Corinth. 
What many people don't understand is the Corinthians was almost, being called a Corinthian during this time was almost interchanged with horrible sinner. And so much to the point where in Corinth, their, their goddess that they worshipped as their protector was Aphrodite, the goddess of sexuality. One of those fiends you could see of, see of Greek times. And even during Greek theater, anytime a Corinthian was portrayed, you saw that actor stumbling across stage. I joke my wife that it was almost like you, you picture um, Tortuga in, in, in Pirates of the Caribbean where everybody was just like, hey, welcome aboard. Come on, glad you could join us today. Everyone, the women, just were out all over the streets just in the se- portraying sexuality because they had a thousand women assigned as prophetesses to the temple of Aphrodite that would come down at night and just roam the streets performing sexual acts. That was Corinth. And just as we feel a calling for clean water today in Africa, Paul felt a calling, we believe, to this town because of just how horrible it was. So we assume that Paul, obviously because he saw how bad it was, that he went there. And then he started a church. And then he went on about his ministry as a missionary did in this time and traveled. And he got a letter saying, hey, the church is in trouble. There's things going on that could cause the church not to be portrayed in a good light to people around them. And how many know when we don't live the light of Jesus Christ, other people don't want to have the light of Jesus Christ? So Paul goes, we've got to stop this. He said there's quarreling amongst them. They're allowing people outside the church to deal in church matters or to deal in conflict between them. Equivalent to if two people are having a quarrel today, they go to someone that's not a Christian and say, hey, we need you to help, you, help us with this. And they go, man, y'all are Christians. You should be getting along. What's wrong with you? I don't want anything to do with this. And it was driving people away from the church. He goes, can't let it happen. I've got to deal with this. So he did. He wrote, he wrote this rest of this letter, which we're not going to go continue today. But he wrote the letter and went in, eventually went and dealt with it in person. Because he said, hey, I need the church to understand that as Christians and as Christ followers, we've got to get along. We've got to be an example for the world. He had a deep desire in his heart to see the people of the church in Corinth thrive and be examples to the Gentiles and pagans where they lived. He said, I cannot let this continue on the way it is. It's not what our goal was. There's a song by Petra back in the day. Have you all heard of Petra? A few people in the house. Good. Awesome. Okay. So there's a song that many people may have not have heard. It's called Not of This World. My dad was a huge Petra and Striper fan. Many, many mornings I woke up to my dad popping on a record before he woke me up of To Hell with the Devil by Striper. And if you haven't heard that song, it is very heavy uh, electric guitar and very heavy distortion. And he cranked it as loud as he possibly could, and that was how I woke up. And if it wasn't Striper being played, it was Petra. And this song he has reminded me of many a times when I started blending in with my friends at school, during high school, and it was called Not of This World. And the, cor- or the chorus says this, We are strangers, we are aliens. We are not of this world. We are envoys, we must tarry. With this message, we must carry. There's so much to do before we leave with so many more who may believe. Our mission here can never fail, and the gates of hell will not prevail. I don't know about you guys, but I don't hear much, many words like that in rock and roll today. But, but they were definitely singing this at this time because they understood they had to be set apart. They may have blended in with the long hair and the, and the crazy outfits, but what 
they were trying to do was help under people under, help us as Christians understand. The people they were trying to call out was, we cannot blend in. God did not call us to blend in. God called us to be in this world, as obviously we are, because our feet are still on the earth, until Pastor Tony, like he says, until we start jumping and practicing our rapture dance, and then God takes us into heaven. We're still in this world, but we're not of this world. And this is how God called us to be. Just like the church in Corinth, we are called to be the people of God in this world, not of this world. We are set apart to holiness. God has called each of us. He, first of all, called us to be set apart to salvation. If there's any doubt, first part of being called is being called apart. Being called out of this world. Being called to the message of Jesus Christ. That is the good news. It's the gospel saying that Jesus is for you. He sent his, God sent his son Jesus to die for your sins. That is the gospel. That's the first part of the call. And every one of us is called to share that. Secondly, he's called us to serve. How is God calling you to serve? And this is where I want to spend most of my time today, is on serving. We're quick to get caught up in the topics of the political season. And one of the biggest topics that aches my heart more than anything else is abortion. I told someone the other day, I said, I, as awful as it is, I, saw, I found a video of a partial birth abortion being performed. And I was like, man, I almost wanted to be that guy on Facebook that posted it and said, if you vote for this, please watch this video first. But it was so horrible that I couldn't even finish watching the video. For my educational purposes, I wanted to finish watching it. I was like, I couldn't. I said, this is such a horrible act, I couldn't do it. And just abortion in general, let alone that awful of a way it's being performed at that stage of a life completely formed. But just as heart-wrenching to me today is to think about the talents and skills that have been lost in our world from that, but the skills and talents of this world that sit on church pews unused. Abortion to me takes a deep heart. My mom couldn't was not supposed to have any more children. Her cycle as a woman is never regular. She was not supposed to have any children. But God saw for me to be born. If you know the story in our family, how, some of our, how, how our children are born, you know there's, our oldest daughter could very easily have been aborted. She'll be happy to share that story with you. If not, you can go read our church book and you can read all about our story as a family ultimate excuse people give for abortion. But as much as that aches our heart, think about how many people sit on a church pew every Sunday with the same talents and skills we, our hearts ache for that have been aborted in our world that never get used. So please don't take me the wrong way. I, murder is awful. Abortion is awful. But not using our talents for God can be just as awful because souls are still being lost. God wants you to find your place in this church and to be a, be a part. To serve with the gifts and a calling he has placed on you. How many, of, how many of you have been to one of our recent events where we have people just coming on the, on the campus? Now, not really recent events. Events when we could still have events prior to March. God, I, I, I still start counting the other day and going through my budget and realize, like, well, we've been this like eight months now. This is absolutely insane. How many of you been to one of our events and we had cars spread all over the parking lot? All out there, right? And people are all over this campus. Did you know Pastor Tony wasn't out there directing traffic? 
Did you know I was not out there directing traffic? Miss Jenny, as many hats as she wears, was not out there directing traffic. You know what? Mr. Fred had a team out there. Pastor Tony made a phone call and said, hey, I need someone with organizational skills that can put a team together and handle this. They can put, up, put together this so it works well on the day of event and they can set up ahead of time. He made that phone call. Mr. Fred got his team together and came out and got it all set up and ready to go. You know what? Pastor Tony is able to go back and do the ministry he's called to because Mr. Fred equipped him. How many of you noticed that as far as we know, no one in our church has gotten COVID spread from coming to church? Mr. Danny comes in here every week and cleanses this church top to bottom. He sprays it all. He wipes it all extra, extra, extra to make sure that there's no chance of you getting it spread. Making sure things are stocked up. He even texted me this morning and said, hey, can you want me to put speed light envelopes out? I said, man, that'd be wonderful. I had literally five minutes before I had that conversation with Jenny saying, I need to make sure I get some envelopes out. And he sent me a text message, hey, can I put the envelopes out? I was like, man, thank you. Thank you. For those of you who have given speed of light and given to the opportunities of ministers of the church, thank you. For those of you that are working actively in the church, thank you. The statistic is 20% of the church is 80% of the work. My goal today in this message is to increase that number. That those that have been working hard and striving and doing things, not, can't take a break. We don't want you to take a break. Don't get me wrong. If you're in the work and you're volunteering, please don't take a break. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> we just, let me make this very clear. We do not want you to stop working and stop volunteering. We want you to have extra volunteers that you cannot get burned out. That's what we want for you. We want people to come alongside you or you to teach others how to work in your ministry so that you can organize it and help it run even better. So we can be prepared to grow as a church. Our, number, our goal isn't to seek numbers. Our goal is to seek and be prepared for whatever may come our way. So, yeah, I dialed that from memory, Pastor. I just blew a half a page out just from memory. It's good stuff. So once again, I ask you, what is, what is God calling you to? How are you being called to serve? So please don't confuse the call to ministry with the Great Commission. Because we are called as individuals to a ministry. All of us are called to the Great Commission. As Jesus was leaving the earth, he said, go into all the, all the world, preach the gospel to every nation. That calling was placed on everyone. If you are a follower of God, and you are a disciple, as Pastor Tony's been talking about, you are called to make disciples. You are called to reach the lost. You are called to speak to every person that you come into contact with. You are called to share the gospel with. Just because you're not a card-carrying minister does not mean that you're not called to share the love of Jesus. We are called to take every opportunity to share God's word with those that are around us. To share the love of Jesus with those around us. To share the joy of our Father with those that are around us. But today we talk about a call. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, Preach the word, be prepared in season and out, not only that, but to correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience. And if you work in children's ministry, you understand. With great patience. If you work in the nursery, with great patience. You volunteer with me and youth with great patience and very careful instruction. Very clear instructions. Very, very clear instruction. So we are at all called at all times to be ready. What that also tells me is 
We also got to be prepared to be corrected, rebuked, and encouraged. <laughs> sometimes correction rebuke is hard. Rebuke is hard. Being encouraged is also hard sometimes. Being, letting others speak into our lives. I can tell you, it's, it's easy for me to speak into others when God calls me to. It's not always easy for me to shut up and listen when someone wants to uplift me. And there are people that are given that gift that I've had to learn to shut up and receive encouragement. <laughs> and I encourage you, be ready. Because of the body of Christ, we are called to work as one body. For correction, rebuke, and be encouragement. We got to be open. We had, that, we, we had a, probably a three-week series I did with the youth a while back about being open for God to speak into our own lives through others. And we have to be open. And we can't walk out with a, a block on our shoulder ready to be knocked off. When God wants to use somebody to go, hey, listen, how are you doing? Hey, listen, I'm seeing this. Hey, listen, God wants to use you, but I'm not sure that he can use you if you're going through this. God's calling today in worship. said, hey, if you're dealing with something that's been ongoing, let it go today so he can use you. That he can make, place that calling upon your life and you can be free to live out that calling so we are the body of Christ. We must be prepared to go through what it takes to grow stronger personally and so we can do our part of the body. Now this picture that's going on the screen, please don't be offended. I've tried to make sure that it's a decent picture. For those that go to the gym, you know this phrase refers to someone called chicken legs. And that, that refers to someone who hits the gym all the time and does upper body strength. And they're constantly benching. They're constantly doing power lifts. They're doing all these things many a times while seated. And the one thing they miss is the one thing that many people hate to do. It's called leg day. And that's where you have to sit down and you have to push your legs or you have to take weights and you squat down and you lift. Or you're doing squats and you're, you're doing the, the one, oh, the lunges. Yeah, no one likes to do those. Those exercises. And when we don't do those leg days, you wind up looking like this. Gym folks refer to it as chicken legs because you look like your whole body is great and you're in shape, but you have chicken legs. And as the body of Christ, it's hard to carry the weight that God's called, you, called us to when our legs aren't strong enough to carry it. So if our, as the body of Christ, someone's called to be the arms to do the heavy lifting, but we don't have the legs to carry the weight, we can't move. So the pastor is called to be the head of the church to give the direction and be that head He's got a heavy burden behind him. But if you're called to be the legs and play that part, then go and do, the, do it. But you're not strong enough because your legs have not been exercised or the gospel has not been read and you're not ready to play your part, we can't move forward as a church. The body of Christ with a weak link cannot move forward. Your body can be strong and heavy and then you go and try to hit the gym and if your heart's not strong, you fail. You could go to the gym and be strong, but if you have weak wrists, you can't lift. I joke people all the time. I said, you know, it's great to go and pump a machines all day long. It's fantastic. Then someone hands somebody a free weight that's just a bar, a bar like these guys, this guy has in his, his hands, and they go to lift it up, and they can't, they can't do it because the structural muscles in their shoulders that have been programmed just from doing the li direct lifting in certain motions aren't ready to support that weight in other directions. So they go do a task like a competition in the woods where they're trying to lift or trying to pull something or throw a log or help on a team. They can't do that part because the structure's not there. It's an important part that every part of the body has to be exercised. And that applies to the church. 
if God's called you to be the heart and be the encourager in the church, if you're not doing your part when God calls you to do it, someone's going unencouraged. If you're called to be a, a person that is to be a deacon in the church, we'd be lacking leadership without you. If you're called to be an administrator and your gift is organization, we're missing a gift without you. Mine's not. You can ask my wife. I leave stuff sitting around all the time. She will testify to that. I'm not an organizer. I'm very good at doing tasks. My guys at work will say, John, you can put that tool back away. And I'm very bad about leaving stuff out. I'll do a task and I'll leave it behind because I'm very ADD, if you can't tell that. And I'm very quick to do a task and switch and go somewhere else and squirrel. And we get along very well. <laughs> my wife keeps us all organized as a staff because several of us share that skill set of ADD. Um, yeah, <laughs> not, I'm not looking around, I'm just feeling convicted, I don't, that's, that's just me a bit, yeah, I'm not saying anything. So, but there are also gifts of an administrator, encourager, a giver, a comforter, as well as manifestations of the Holy Spirit through individual believers, the message of wisdom as we heard today, of knowledge, of faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpretations. When we miss that and it does not get heard, I've been in services where, man, a gift in tongues was given, but the interpretation was not. I'm like, man, God, what did we miss getting to hear from you today? What did you want to speak today that did not get heard? God dealt me very strongly a while back about, I was just continuing to pray, God, speak to me, God, speak to me. And he's like, I'm speaking already, shut up and listen. <laughs> I mean, if, if someone's giving a message in tongues and then giving an interpretation, why am I still talking? And even to the point where in the altar time, I'm in the altar praying for somebody, I stop praying because God's voice is being spoken. And many times, his voice being spoken is for the person I'm praying for. He's like, shut up so they can hear me. Because God's wanting to speak. Let him speak. Philippians 2.13 says this, For it is God who works in you to will to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. That means he's putting a desire in your heart to do something. Each of us has their own desire. For me, my, my, my ears have been tuned for sound for a very long time. It is very hard for me to be sitting in a church service, and <laughs> Brian's just doing this, he's, he's the same way. My ears have been tuned so specifically for sound to hear something that's too loud or too soft or something that's off key or I'm constantly going, there's a ring, because it's like something's squealing on stage and it, it makes me cringe. Because they're doing it for so long, I'm like, oh, I have a hard time going to concerts where it's just super loud and there's no clarity at all. I'm, if you ever see any sound devices in my home, most of them say Bose on them. It's not because I'm, I'm, I'm like ritzy stuff, it's because I can't stand hearing sound that's not clear. I like hearing voices in worship. I like being able to pick out a sound of an instrument. Because if someone's up here playing, I, want, I think they should be heard. And I think we should all be able to hear them all using their talents for Christ. And as you got to see on demonstration today, I love getting to see our students use their talents. But God has put that desire in my heart. God has put my desire in my heart. I asked Pastor Tony one time, I said, do you speak to speak? Like, what is the calling of a pastor? He's like, nope, it's not to speak. It's a calling of people. What has God called you to? What people has God called you to? It may be that God's called you to see young ones hear the gospel. I love seeing that. Luke's got a call on him to children ministry. And I see it in his heart every week because he gets up there and he's like, it doesn't matter. There is no ego 
when he's dealing kids ministry. Several others in your Gavin, same way. They, when he's out there in children's church, there is no ego. There is no bar, no nothing he won't cross to see those kids laugh and do something. Whether or not stupid it may look to the people around him, he's willing to do it. And guess what? Some people are not called to that. Some people are not willing to go jump off something just to see the kids laugh. Or to go do something stupid just to see kids called to the kingdom. But that calling is placed upon you. What is God burdening you? That's what that scripture is saying. It's God's who works in you to will you. Not to control you, but to place a desire in your heart for something. Whether it's to hear something, hear people heard that's on stage. Whether it's to hear the pastor heard clearly. To make sure that there's a burden in your heart that even people that can't hear very well can have some way of hearing the gospel. To make sure that people at home are able to join us online. Thank you for joining us online today. Whatever God's placed in your heart, I want to encourage you, God wants to use you. God has placed his desires in your heart to spur you towards a calling he has placed on your life. Don't ignore that spurring. Tell your pastors what the burden is that God's placed on your heart. We would love to place you in a ministry. We love to have people come to us and say, you know, this is what I want to do. How can I use that? How can the church use that? Man, I can tell you what, Pastor Trey and I are having this conversation the other day. Currently, we're missing someone to come and take over events and do cooking. And just to take that ministry of, hey, tell me how many people are coming and I'll take this and run with it. He's like, I want someone that to come in and do that again. So maybe your, your gift is cooking in large portions. Then great, our pastor needs that right now. Guess what? I have two really faithful youth leaders right now. I need more. There's, there, there's callings and there's places to be served in ministry. And I promise you it's not that bad. I won't make you go to youth camp. Okay? <laughs> Listen, it's fun. <laughs> if you want to go, I'd love for you to go. But I won't make you go. People, I, I laugh. I, Listen, I can tell you, Miss Jenny will tell you, we missed youth camp this year. Youth camp for us is going and disconnecting from the world for a week. And leaving everything around us behind. I know our students missed it too. Because for the most part, we leave our, they leave their phones. We don't, I don't leave mine. You could still reach me as a pastor, youth pastor. I will still have my phone on me at youth camp, I promise. If you need to reach me, you can reach me. And if you're a parent, you will have multiple numbers to reach us on. But they leave their phones behind and they go and connect with God. We missed that. This year is like, man, why do we feel so exhausted? It's like we didn't get that week of just going to youth camp and getting filled. And just being filled into, because our, our youth leaders are, as you saw, Pastor Craig Hicks had the WFSM hat, West Florida Student Ministries hat on in the video. He fills us. As the students are in service with a guest speaker, he's there speaking to us in services, or outside of services, encouraging us as leaders and upbuilding us as leaders. And the students many times come pray over us at youth camp. And we go back with a fresh burden for ministry upon our hearts. What burden has God placed in you? Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says this, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What is God calling you to in the race for the lost? How is God calling you to serve? If you ever seen a race take place and they pass a baton and they go farther and they go farther and they go farther in the race 
And about the time that person has reached their absolute spot they can reach going just full blast, they pass that baton to somebody else and they begin slowing down. That person picks up the speed and starts going again. That is what God's called us to do as a church. To take on that calling of chasing the baton and getting ready to pick up and run. There's been people in this church that have ran for years. Not to say they're getting old, but they're getting tired. And they are ready to pass that baton on to the next generation, on to the next person that's in this generation. They can take it and run. God has given you uniques, unique gifts and callings, and he wants to use you. All he's waiting to do is step up. Praise team, if you want to come up for all the time. God's placed a burden on my heart, not only for Africa and to see wells dug and to see those many wells dug all across Africa or to buy those drilling rigs or to see that solar panel put up with that well underneath it, but to see students one to the kingdom. I prayed, God, don't let me look at people anymore the way I see them or the world sees them. God, place that burden on my heart and let me see them as you do. God, let me see people through your eyes. Let me see people with the value that you place on them. Because God, I don't want to be influenced by the ways of this world. You know, we talk about nature versus nurture. We're influenced a lot of times by what we've seen, how we've been raised, the opinions of those that are around us. But as a church, we can't let that influence how we see people. There's people today in our church that need you to take on a ministry. There's ministries in our church right now that need to take place and people groups in our church that need someone to minister to them. And that ministry is missing a leader. Someone that's got experience in that area and has been through things. We talked about earlier, people in this church are going through things. You're going through things right now that isn't to tear you down. It's to prepare you for the calling God's placed upon your life. I can tell you, probably within the last two years, especially through this last COVID and this Hurricane Sally, I never really realized how God had lined up events in my life prepare me for the very moment. During COVID-19, my job outside of here is to do all the facilities work for Tyndall Credit Union. I work alongside vendors for keeping everything clean in our buildings. And Pastor Tony and I had that conversation and said, hey, what do we need to do to sanitize? I go, let me call, make a phone call. And I immediately was able to find out what chemical we we're using at the offices to go sanitize. Sanitation that for one building can cost upwards of $10,000. As a church, we can do a lot of ministry with $10,000. Okay, I can tell you, we can do, again, as an organization, we need to have that. We have someone come through that has COVID. We do need to sanitize behind them. But as a church, we have a lot of ministries that can be taking place with that. If you're a member of the credit union, we don't do that every time. Okay, I just want you to know that and put that out there. <laughs> My team does a lot of sanitizing to save money, save your money. Um, but certain things that God just lined up and said, you know what? We can do this as a church. Organization for events creative opportunities, running sound as a kid, going through in middle school, taking video classes. I'm like, I'll never use this again. 
setting up cameras, going online. Never thought I'd see this again. But I want, I'm only saying that not to toot my horn, but to say that God's brought you through things maybe 20 years ago. It may have been 10 years ago. It may have been 60 years ago for some of you. That God gave you unique opportunities and things that you went through that he wants to use your talents for the kingdom of God. There is a place in this church that's ready for you to serve. A position for you to fulfill that only you can fulfill. And God wants to use you. Thanks so much for being here online with us today. If today's message touched you and you haven't given your life to Jesus, we believe today is the day. All you have to do is pray. Admit to God that you have sinned. Believe that Jesus died for you. And confess that Jesus is Lord of your life. If you prayed that prayer to God today, please reach out to us and let us know. We have some digital resources that we would love to send your way to help you and for us to be able to connect with you. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure to like and subscribe and share our social media accounts. We believe that church is more than just a building or a Sunday experience. We look forward to connecting with you online and in person. Thanks again for being with us today.